Thank you, thank you, Nico, and thank you, Olga, and thank you to the whole Capitaline team for having us uh, one more year. It feels, feels like a cherished annual tradition at this point, um, and, and very happy along with uh, the veterans and honorees on this panel, Dimitri, Nico, Alex, and Costa. Very pleased to be welcoming also Alex Exarhu, and I'm sure uh, a lot of you will be waiting to hear uh, from Alex and uh, as he's grabbed a lot of the headlines over the last year. Um, I think I want to share the optimism and, and, and the good vibes and the good feelings uh, after coming here all these years. Um, this, uh, this time it really feels different and, um, and, and hopefully that can translate um, into new investments and new opportunities in Greece. Uh, we've heard throughout the panels today across a number of asset classes and industries about all these great opportunities. Well, now we have the money on the table um, to put it into play. So um, I will start with Dimitri uh, from the advisory side and get his perspective in terms of, um, of what they're advising their clients and where do they see the opportunities for 2024. Thank you, Pano. Uh, thank you, Nico and Olga, for another great uh, event, and congratulations on the 25-year anniversary. I hope you go for many, many more. Uh, it's an interesting time. Uh, Axia has been in Greece now for 17 years as a dedicated market, and obviously, you know, whatever Greece does is super important to us, uh, and an entire model is based on foreign investors coming to Greece. Uh, I'm happy to say that it's a great moment, it's an inflection point, I, like, I will agree absolutely with John that uh, still there's a lot of more way to go, uh, which is just the beginning, and this is, comes primarily from the fact that we start seeing a lot of lower cost of capital looking into Greece. Obviously the previous decade was a uh, trouble time, so we had to find uh, stress, distress investors, credit investors that uh, would invest in Greece based on the circumstances vis-a-vis, -vis, you know, the political instability. Right now, as things get stabilized, Greece is in a counter-cyclical uh, trajectory, uh, becoming quite attractive vis-a-vis -vis the growth um, as well as the potential upside. So we start seeing a lot of infrastructure funds, we start seeing a lot of pension funds, Obviously, private equity has become a major input uh, for Greece as they are positioning and uh, helping early investors exit. I think it's a, it's a natural circle of continuity, uh, which seems, again, it's the beginning. If you consider this gentleman, you know, the smart money, I think they all positioned the last two, three years uh, for the most part, and uh, still there's a way to go. And, and let me ask you, in terms of the upgrade to investment grade, how does that change the, the kind of capital you're looking to bring into the country? Presumably it makes it easier, but uh, what does that mean in terms of, of, of real money going into Greece? It's, it's a major event, obviously. Uh, right now we're part of the National Bank of Greece, we're part of the Hellenic uh, placement and many others. What, what is happening right now, for the first time we have real long-only investors looking at Greece. Uh, and more should come as we, you know, going to 2024. Uh, I think this will improve, obviously, the liquidity of the market as well as the demand for more, for more paper. Again, it's an interesting time because, you know, 
in the world right now, based on the higher interest rate environment, there's no many countries that can offer the attractive entry point as well as uh, the growth profile that Greece has. The combination of those two uh, can easily make a difference. Thank you, Dimitri. Nico, switching to you, and, and obviously, I mean, over the years, you've made some, some pretty um, headline type of investments in Greece and some that have worked really well, but it's been very interesting to, to read and hear about, you know, kind of the, the, uh, the, the newest, let's say, um, in, in investment vintage and, and your focus on perhaps some smaller investments in terms of size and supporting more uh, Greek businesses um, into, into growing and, and becoming more international. Can you touch a little bit about these new themes and how BC Partners has been approaching that effort? Sure. Um, first of all, let me congratulate as well, Nico and Olga, for uh, a 25-year anniversary. One comment, first of all, I would say, this light always is there. <laughs> Every time I come to speak at your conference, so somehow we need to find a solution for that, for that provolea. Yeah. Because it's in our face. Not just for me, don't do yeah, it now. I'm just for saying for the frame. I was feeling even bad. I, mean, I, was saying, I was seeing Mr. Paulson speaking earlier. I'm surprised you were able to read your notes while you were up on the podium. Um, let me start by saying that, uh, as I will also say tonight, uh, I, we started investing in Greece almost 20 years ago. And I remember when we started doing that, uh, private equity was a very, very um, new concept. I think what has really changed now, also with the arrival of other funds, of course, and, uh, and, and generally <coughs> the growth of the industry, is that private equity has become a mainstream investor in the country. Thank you. Uh, it has become a mainstream investor in the country. And, and that, that means that whereas families and founders and other people had the choice to either sell to a large corporate or an international corporate or take their company public, suddenly private equity has become a third very credible route for them to sell or to partner with in order to grow their, their assets. We identified after investing for such a long time that, first of all, the number of very large companies in Greece, by definition, that are, by the way, for sale, may not be that big because Greece is a relatively smaller economy. Uh, it is a smaller country compared to some other of the Europeans and certainly the United States. So by definition, it has a very large number of very high growth, small and medium-sized enterprises. And that was really the impetus of us deciding that apart from our flagship fund, we will raise a uh, Greek-dedicated um, fund which will fund really and invest in small and medium-sized enterprises. And that has been our goal. Um, so far, we've made two investments, one in the pet food retail sector with Pet City, the other one in the private education sector with Metropolitan College, two sectors that we feel have a lot of, of tailwinds, but there are plenty of others. Uh, I think the Greece, given its size, will by definition have a lot of family businesses, family-owned companies. It will have a lot of smaller size businesses that funds like uh, CVC or BC as our flagship funds may sometimes be a bit too small um, in order to deploy the capital. And that was the impetus of this, and I think it's been well received. And I still believe there's still a, a lot that, uh, that can be invested in the country to help grow the businesses. What, what has been different as private equity has evolved, not only internationally, but certainly in our home country, is that private equity is not just an exit road. It has become a partner of choice for 
families, for founders who want to grow their business, who have succession issues, of course, and a lot of us uh, are getting older, will have to think about what's next and whether uh, private equity can become almost a solution um, to a lot of families and a lot of business owners to grow their companies, not just to sell them, but to grow them having a partner on side. No, that's, that's really fantastic revolutionary thinking and innovative thinking that really transforms the economy because it's not just a big deal. This can really be transformative. And it's really pleasing also to see um, you know, some new Greek private equity launches um, that are taking place. And hopefully, you know, the successful examples of, of, of you guys will lead more and more money being raised domestically as well and have you know, a competitive environment um, you know, with Greek private equity fund managers. Um, the one thing to do know, though, 25 years of capitaling and 17 years of Axia definitely makes us not look that, that young anymore. But uh, um, Alex, you know, besides all the, the, the positive things and, you know, you've done uh, investments in a number of, of areas, what, what is it that, um, you know, talking about a lot of the things that are working and are positive, but what else do you think needs to change um, to... to, to propel Greece to the next level, let's say, and comparatively to some other European uh, countries. Thank you, Pano. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here today. I, this is only my third capital link, but uh, hopefully I'll be around for the next 25 years to, uh, to continue the effort. Um, uh, we've been active in, in Greece since 2016. Uh, we've actually been on the ground with an office since uh, 2021. We have a team of five professionals. <coughs> We have invested approximately one and a half billion of equity across uh, several companies, including Hellenic Healthcare Group, Scrooge, Vivatia, Dodoni, Ethniki Insurance, DeMarine, and PPC. And I think, um, to, to answer your question, that gives us quite an interesting insight into how the economy works, what's working well, um, and what needs changing. And I think. For the, folk, for the uh, most part, and what we're seeing in, in the performance of, uh, of our companies, um, it, it's mostly working well. However, uh, there are issues um, that we're addressing, and a lot of them, I think, have been discussed today. One I would like to touch upon is the importance now of needing to retool, upskill the workforce. And our companies employ more than 30,000 uh, people in, in Greece, and what we're seeing now is that need, I think, to step up um, and, and help our workforce increase their earnings potential, because I think one of the issues, and we're seeing it uh, daily in the headlines, is how, how people are dealing with the cost of living, and it's a serious issue uh, across our companies in that workforce, and so one of the areas that we're focusing on is how can we help the workforce upskill, uh, bring in um, uh, workers from abroad and, and get them to really um, increase their earnings potential and, uh, and, and have a, a better living. And to do so, I think what we've, you know, we, we've been collaborating with great teams on the ground to build better businesses. And I think one of the pleasant surprises that I've had in, um, in the years that I've been investing in Greece is, is the, um, the opportunity to work with incredibly talented people, many of whom were already there um, when, uh, when I arrived, but also a lot of Greeks who have returned, alongside myself, um, to help. And so I think um, 
we're just getting started, I would say, uh, in this, uh, in this um, economic recovery. And uh, obviously, we're excited to continue the work on the ground and, um, and hopefully uh, uh, continue supporting the economy. Well, I don't know, who knows, in a few years, maybe we'll get the Metropolitan graduates to, uh, to enhance your workforce, right? With and, pleasure. And, 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 and that's how it works. Um, Costa, turning to you um, and, and going into a bit of a more dedicated asset class, one of, of great importance, obviously, for Greece and, and uh, of great success. You have invested um, through partnerships in solar and offshore wind. Can you give us a little bit more about your experience and um, how you felt going into them and where you are today? Thank you, Panos, and congratulations, Olga and Nikos. A pleasure to be here. Um, as a company, we are committed to, uh, to invest up to 55 billion uh, until the end of the decade in, uh, in renewables, flexible power generation, uh, and hydrogen. Greece has been on our radar uh, the past three years, uh, primarily because of its solar and uh, wind resources. And as you said, uh, we decided to enter the market in a big scale through two partnerships, and it was important for us to find the you know, the right partners, the right scale. Uh, so we are um, we're developing a 2,000 megawatt solar PV pipeline together with PPC Renewables. Uh, this is a partnership on equal terms. Uh, PPC <coughs> has contributed uh, a major uh, solar uh, project of 940 megawatts uh, in Amido. Uh, RWS committed, uh, contributed a similar pipeline uh, uh, in, in Greece. And uh, with, uh, with Hellenic Petroleum, we have formed a joint venture, Hellenic Energy, excuse me, uh, to develop uh, offshore wind. Our aim is to, to invest up to 800,000 megawatts. Um, it has been actually a great experience uh, for us. We have uh, so far uh, taken a final investment decision on the solar side uh, of uh, 940 megawatts. The size of this solar park, what it's going to be built, is going to be six times the size of Central Park. So you guys get a feeling of how this big, big this is going to be. And we're talking about a capex of 700 million. And the great experience for us has been that the Greek financial institutions actually have been able, and under very competitive terms, to finance this, obviously on the back of some very good PPAs we have. Uh, so all in our experience in Greece has been, has been great uh, through uh, uh, two fantastic partnerships. Excellent. And I'll come back to the issue of the, the financing and the Greek financial institutions. I want to hear from, 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 from the rest of the panel on that too. But, but um, quickly turning to Alex, um, welcome to the panel um, this year. And, and tell us a little bit about your journey. I mean, it's been, it's been captivating to, to see what um, you guys uh, um, have done, um, both in, in terms of IntraCAD and the consolidation there, um, but then also uh, going back to the theme of the banking sector, um, and we'll shortly come to that. But let's start with IntraCAD and the play there. And, you know, how did you sort of map it out, and, and, and where do you see the, the future of, uh, of your efforts in that space? Well, Panos? Thank you for the invitation. Privileged to be here. Well, we invested in Intracat one and a half year ago. At that time, we saw all the elements for such investment be on the positive side. The Intracat was a fairly small company with a backlog of one billion at that time. Uh, one and a half year later, after acquisition of Factor, we're talking of a company with 
a market cap of 600 million out of 120 million, 150 million, one and a half year ago, a backlog of 5 billion, and what we are looking is a turnover for 1 billion per year, which is place us to be among the biggest by far uh, construction companies in Greece. The elements for construction in Greece currently are significantly good. We are looking at a, a significant pipeline from uh, projects that are coming mainly by uh, RFA. Uh, however, we need to get prepared for that period of time that really happens in construction companies where projects are not uh, available and we are looking at the, the time frame of five to six years where everything will work well and therefore we are preparing at the same time, apart from the big backlog we have currently, for that period of time where the backlog will be decreased. And we are preparing on two grounds. Ground number one is investing in Romania, where we believe uh, there is uh, ample room for future development due to the situation in Romania rather than uh, anything else. And at the same time, European and American funds that in Romania will, will in our opinion, continue uh, to be at the high level, and therefore big projects in Romania will continue to be there. And, at the same, and, and we're also uh, looking at both PPP and concessions, mainly in order to maintain some liquidity for the difficult periods that will come after five or six years. Uh, however, we feel strong that on the back of a government that is pro-investor and, and the stability that has created in Greece, we feel strong that opportunities will be there also to develop another pillar, which is renewable energy. For us, it's also a very important decision uh, that we took one and a half year ago to invest in Intracat. Mainly it was done uh, for, this, for the renewable package that was available at that time. And that gives you the spectrum of, of what actually forced, um, gave us the idea to invest in Intracat, which was, in our opinion, a very successful one uh, on the back of the results I just told you. Banking investment is a completely different aspect, uh, utterly different. Well, let's touch on that as a segue for, for, for the, the questions also to, to the private equity side of the panel. But um, tell us a little bit about your approach um, as you're attempting. We, we heard also, um, I think, Mr. Hadzidakis' speech about the potential fifth pole in the, in, in the sector. Tell us a little bit about how you view the current environment uh, with the four systemic banks and, 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 and where the opportunities lie in that respect. You will allow me not to make any, any comments about the systemic banks, that I will focus on what we are doing. Yeah. Uh, I think that when we actually initially invested in Pagritia, it was on uh, not necessarily investment grounds. Uh, however, when we saw the opportunity that all elements really, if you think about it, all elements for the success in uh, what we're trying to call now the fifth pillar was there. Why? Attica and Pagritia are not systemic banks that could not fail. It's, it's a political and economical necessity for these two companies to survive. And the best idea that was brought to me by Mr. Zretu, as everybody I think knows, was to merge the two companies. To merge the two banks required one thing that for us at that time was a significant bet, which was Heracles. Somehow we needed to find a way to reduce the NPEs 
and make these two banks viable. After a few months, now we are speaking on the back of a legislation, but legislated Heraclitus III, and give us real opportunity to consider that what we thought to have been a nice idea with uh, high risk, but high risk have high returns, uh, sometimes do materialize in Greece. We have enacted, I mean, the government has enacted Heraclitus, and on the back of that, we believe that we have really significant chances of succeeding in merging the two banks. If that happens, and if the two banks are merged on the back of NPEs lower than 10%, then we're looking off a clean bank, a new clean bank, which will, everybody calls it the fifth pole. I mean, the prime minister, the minister today, we heard about the fifth pillar. pillar. Uh, we strongly believe that such bank has an obvious share in the market, and the share in the market is to give access to medium and small companies in Greece, give access to banking, that currently, in my opinion, it's, if not impossible, uh, very, very difficult. And there is a great room uh, for clientele of this nature in Greece. And uh, the, new, the new bank really is positioned well to service this clientele fast and reliably on the back of a new bank that will have assets of 8 billion and 10 PEs lower than, as I said, 10%. And this is what we believe that can happen in the next one year. And that'd be fantastic. And obviously, having credit available to small and, and, and medium-sized businesses is, is of huge importance for, for the broader economy. But uh, Nico and Alex, I want to turn to you and see in terms of your financing needs. I mean, Costas mentioned that the Greek banks are are ready to finance uh, renewable projects on the back of the PPAs and so forth. But in terms of your acquisitions and working capital needs of your portfolio companies, um, is the Greek banking sector able to cope with, with your demands? First question. And then I think a second question that I'd like to comment on is, you know, in, 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 in the U.S. and the European market, we see a lot of the PE deals now being financed by, by private credit. Um, um, I don't think we have seen that happening in respect to any of the Greek transactions, um, but I, I'd, be, um, uh, I'd like to hear what your thoughts are if we're getting closer to that or, or if, uh, if there is no such need yet. Nico, maybe start with you. I thought we'd start with Alex this time. Okay, well, go ahead. As a courtesy of my co-fellow co panelists. Thank you, Nico. <laughs> um, the answer is uh, quite simple. Everything that we have done in Greece has been with the Greek banks. Actually, I was looking at all our investing, um, and we've been quite, quite active. In total, more than 22 add-on acquisitions, so 15 add-on acquisitions in Hellenic Healthcare, five in Vivatia, two in Scrooge, and also through PPC, we participated in obviously a significant acquisition in Romania, two billion for now Romania, and more recently, um, Kotovolos. And all of that M&A activity uh, has been funded by, uh, by the, the Greek systemic banks, and also the smaller banks are coming in. So I think that's probably the proof um, to, the, and, uh, well, uh, uh, to, to the question in terms of um, the, um, the willingness and uh, the ability of the, of, the, of the Greek banks to support uh, private equity. The only thing I can see um, which would be an issue is concentration. So if we start to make larger and larger investments, and I'm talking several billion, and there aren't many, 
to Nikos's point earlier, there's only probably a handful of companies that, that may require private equity investing that are north of, say, two or three billion. In that case, um, maybe the size of the acquisition financing, the working capital, the M&A lines required um, may not be um, sufficient. Uh, there may not be sufficient capacity in the local banking market, and we may need to bring in um, foreign banks. But the good news is, as we're seeing also recently from the, the Unicredit um, Alpha transaction, foreign banks are now coming into the market, and that should help. Um, and the, the other interesting point, in, in that consolidation, not all of it has only been in Greece. So we have been also acquiring in Cyprus, I mentioned Romania. It's great to see that the Greek banks are now going outside also of Greece, and they're supporting the, the businesses, the leading businesses in Greece, to grow and consolidate regionally. I fully agree, and I think if we look at the assets that we used to have, like Farmathon, for example, or the current ones that we have with Nova or Pet City or Metropolitan, all of them, uh, first of all, this, the two smaller assets, like Pet City and Metropolitan, all financed 100% by Greek banks. As Alex is saying, it's, it's very sophisticated, and even Nova, for, for its size, there are Greek banks involved uh, throughout. And let's not forget, when we acquired the original Nova, which was Fortnet at the time, it was owned by the four Greek banks. That's not necessarily the model the Greek banks want to have, as in owning assets, but this was the case um, by default at the time. The only thing I would add to Alex, which, which I fully agree, apart from the fact that the Greek banks are willing and able to lend and to be aggressive because the liquidity is now in a much, much better shape, there's also a clear level of sophistication which you can see now in the, in the Greek banking system, uh, in the corporate finance side, on the M&A side, on the leverage finance side. They, are, they have nothing to be jealous of their international counterparts, frankly, uh, and some of their international par counterparts are in the room. And I would say that the, 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 uh, uh, the Greek banks have become very sophisticated when it comes to either lending for, an, for the purposes of acquisition, like us acquiring a company, or as Alex was mentioning, for us doing add-on acquisitions and building M&A. And given a lot of the playbook that private equity has, especially in Greece and in other countries, is about consolidating sectors which are very fragmented. So you buy the market leader, you want to consolidate the sector, you need to get financing in order to, to do this M&A. Having a healthy Greek bank system, which is sophisticated, it has great liquidity, it's very well capitalized to, to support the Greek components is, is, uh, is great to see. Excellent, no, that's uh, indeed great to see and, and as we heard uh, by, by John Paulson, hopefully a lot more uh, way to go in terms of uh, return on investment with the Greek banks. Um, Dimitri, turning back to you, can you uh, comment a little bit um, right now in terms of what additional changes we might want to see um, to grow the competitiveness of the, of the Greek economy. Um, and then I'd be interested also, we have a, 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 a few participants from, from the shipping market here, um, and obviously a very important uh, part of the Greek economy. Um, what else do we need to do for uh, shipping to, to, to be a center from a capital markets perspective or mimic what Norway has done, for example? Okay, those are two different and complicated topics. Uh, I think, you know, on the shipping side, I think it's, uh, it's fairly easy, right? Shipping is a global industry, it's a dollar-based industry, 
and it's up to the shipping community to see if Greece can be an alternative. Obviously, in order to become an alternative, um, even if you see today Greek owners, a very small fraction of Greek owners are dealing with public markets or, you know, getting uh, funded uh, by those private markets. It's primarily, you know, private uh, and bank debt uh, for the most part. But definitely, you know, if the state uh, supports and the civil community feels easier on being, you know, um, behind having a proper uh, Greek capitals markets, definitely we can build something. Uh, but I think we're definitely not there yet. As far as uh, things that I, I believe, you know, the government has done a fantastic job. Uh, for most of us that have been here for, you know, 10 or 15 years, uh, today it looks so much better. And I think the numbers, the growth, the fact that uh, Nikos or Alex or Costas uh, are investing in Greece is that, that significant progress has taken place. Now, there are still things to do. Uh, I think the legal system, it's one of the main things. Uh, being able to have much quicker resolutions on issues on arbitration, on when things don't go well, uh, I think that's a major thing that needs to be fixed. I believe it's a priority for the government right now, but most probably we need you know, much swifter uh, decision making there in order to make it even uh, more attractive. Uh, I think the, another issue is the liquidity. I mean, obviously, Alex, Nikos, you know, uh, and Kosas, they have significant investments. At some point, there will come the time that they need to exit. Is how we create uh, a market and an ecosystem that is, you know, complete, right? So, besides the Greek banks, we need uh, we need to expand the equity capital markets uh, so they can be a natural uh, path towards exit. Because you know the the problem of liquidity definitely limits the amount of money that can flow to Greece right now. Greece can be very attractive in terms of you know the cost base or uh, the growth potential that it has, but the liquidity is definitely a, a factor that prevents even more investment coming into Greece. Um, I believe also it's great that we have uh, you know the Greek private equity market really growing and. Uh, becoming a much uh, bigger part. I think it helps the ecosystem a lot, uh, even as feeds to Nico and Alex, uh, as well as you know, helping smaller business, uh, businesses grow uh, with support from the early times and make things more investable overall for the market. Um, thank you, Dimitri. No, and, and we'll be touching on some of these points later on in the discussion, but switching back to, to Alex, in terms of the liquidity and the stock market, um, what do you view in terms of your investments as the investment horizon? Do you approach it from a similar to a private equity perspective uh, of having an exit, or do you view yourselves as a more longer-term um, investors with a potential um, exit through the, 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 the Greek capital markets? And are the Greek capital markets at a, at a stage where, where they can um, enable um, such exits, in your opinion, at this stage? Well, we don't invest, uh, invest with the in intention to exit. We have invested to stay in Greece, uh, invest further in Greece, and create a serious business in Greece. Of course, exit is always an option. Sometimes it happens. But this is not within our plans. Our plans is to 
continue investing in Greece, uh, creating bigger structures all the time because we believe that consolidation both in construction and in banking in both sectors is now something which Greek economy is in need of and we believe that we capitalized on, on exactly that. So we are there to stay. Uh, there is no exit strategy on our side, but at the same time, we want to make value for our shareholders. So it's important for us not only to grow, but also to create uh, entities, listed entities that will give value to shareholders. We, the benefit we will have, because we don't have an exit strategy, is, again, value to our shareholders because it's value to us. And this is the way we are approaching investing, investment in both cases, both in the banks and for intracut, of course. Uh, Nico, Alex, you guys are obliged to exit, uh, for better or for worse. Um, you know, we had uh, examples of Pharmaton, we saw to another private equity fund. We also uh, witnessed the, the very successful um, exit um, from Oxygen, the San Eco Strait, where a first sovereign wealth fund came in and, and, um, uh, and provided that liquidity. How do you um, view the current opportunities for exit, whether it's via private transaction or via the, the Athens Stock Exchange? Um, first of all, let me start by saying that having successful exits or having people, effectively funds or investors or, what, or whatever, whatever type, making money in Greece is only a good thing. Because people want to invest in countries where they know others have made money. If you know that you're going to invest in a country where people have lost their shirt and they've lost money and they've, they've not made a lot of money, it makes it much more difficult to go back. So, because investing is about conviction. If, if, if you don't have the conviction that by making an investment, you're probably going to make a healthy return, then you're going to become much more cagey in, uh, in um, ending up uh, making that investment. You know, when we sold Pharmathen, um, as you correctly said, to Partners Group at the time, which was the first time the Partners Group actually invested in Greece, we brought a new investor into the country. You could argue, well, you brought a competitor into the country by selling to a competitor. That's very healthy. It's not the way to think. It's we've sold a business, we made a billion euros of capital gain in that investment. When Partners Group sees that investment and they bought a business that I know is continuing to grow very well, they're gonna, I'm sure, gonna be very happy owners of this asset and eventually they will have to exit at some point and I'm sure they will make money. And, and that's how this ecosystem that Dimitri was mentioning starts getting built. So you need people to make money in Greece. Let's not look at people who make money as if they are the enemy or they're, uh, they're doing something wrong. It's the only way you will keep attracting capital. Capital is looking for returns. You need case studies. So our country needs case studies of successful examples of companies who have sold and have made money for their investors. I will touch on something we were mentioning before about the stock market. The stock market is still anemic for international standards. Now, it's relatively small, it doesn't have the liquidity. I would love to see an Athens stock exchange and a, and a Greek stock market being much more healthy, much more growing, much more liquid, because it provides the exit optionality that investors like us always look for. We cannot rely on one or two people trying to buy the companies that we invest in. It would be great to have a stock market as an alternative exit route, so I would always be a proponent of that. 
And it would also be great to build healthy companies of size and international statues that the, inter the strategic investors will look to come and buy. Uh, you've seen some big names in the corporate world who come and invest in Greece because they see Greece as a great market to invest. It still remains relatively small, but it can be very strategic because it has other advantages in terms of growth, geopolitical situation, etc., etc. So I think having great case studies of people who have made money in the country should be applauded and I hope we'll have plenty of, uh, of more, including from my friend on the left and many other investors who, who invest in this country. Yeah, I'm no, definitely echoing that and, uh, and, and applauding indeed uh, the, the success stories. But Alex, your, your comments a little bit in terms of the, I think primarily on the Athens Stock Exchange and what changes would need to be made, if any, or what is it that, it, that is missing to be a viable option? I, th I think Dimitri already mentioned it, liquidity. I think um, we need a lot more liquidity into the market um, and it's a little bit of a chicken and egg situation if you don't have IPOs. If you don't have IPOs, then um, it's difficult to attract liquidity, but without the liquidity, it's, uh, it's difficult to IPO. Um, I think it's a work in progress. But to the point uh, Alex was making earlier, when, you, when you're creating shareholder value on the stock exchange, you're also giving the shareholders a right to monetize that. So I think we're saying similar things. You can exit through, or you can have um, your, your you can have your company publicly listed, and the shareholders can decide to monetize uh, through the exchange, or you can have an exit privately the way the way we have to exit companies. And I think, um, and, and Nico summarised it perfectly, so I don't think there's much more to add there. Maybe with um, the exception um, that, interestingly, on the Farmerton process, uh, apart from Partners Group, I think there were three other, three or four really serious uh, bidders, Blackstone, Bain, yeah. Carlyle, yeah. GIC, um, and I think what, what, what the learning from that um, is if you focus on building a market-leading company with a great team and, you, uh, and, and you're creating value and, you're, and you have growth prospects, you have a lot of optionality. So when you exit, how you exit, partially exit, fully exit. Uh, you have a lot of optionality, even with our investors, uh, because they, they see the track record of our companies. Every quarter they get reports, they see the performance of all of our investments, and they can see how we're creating value. Uh, and so if we just focus on, on, on building better businesses, I think that gives us the optionality when it comes to exit. And I haven't yet exited any of our Greek investments, um, even though we've been active, as I said, since 2016. But uh, there's no rush. I think um, you know, it, it will come, in, and in particular, creating the opportunities for strategics to come into the country. Because what we want to do, as Nico said, is we want to help co companies graduate uh, into that next level. And I think um, having more and more strategics come in uh, will, be sort of, will be also another, another vote of confidence for the country. And obviously in defense of the ethics also, I mean, it's not like the international equity capital markets have been booming and, and we're missing out, right? It's, it's uh, you know, there, there are struggles everywhere in, on that front. Um, Costa, switching to you, and the, um, we noticed that recently the Greek government announced a national development program for the offshore wind um, as, as one of the top players in that space. What challenges do you see in achieving the goal of 2.5 gigawatt by 2030? So we are, we are a strategic investor, so we don't need to exit uh, after a couple of years. 
but nevertheless, <clears throat> we need to, uh, to generate healthy returns. So um, uh, I followed today the, uh, the speech of uh, Mr. Skilakakis, Minister Skilakakis, and um, it is impressive how Greece is committed to develop that industry. Having said that, uh, this is not a commoditized industry. We're not talking about solar, onshore wind. Um, Greece is going to have probably 80% of its offshore wind with the floating technology. Uh, so this requires a, quite a sophistication, which comes you know, with most of the kind of big strategic players. For big strategic players to be willing to invest into the country, uh, into projects like this, they will, has, they will have to be scaled. Uh, we cannot have a situation of subscale projects, otherwise there will be no investment from strategic players in the market in that space. So that is a challenge. Uh, I think the first step of the government is a very important one with the National Development Program. And together with our partners, uh, Hellenic Energy, we're evaluating that. I think the next step is really let's make sure that the way this is going to be implemented is going to result into projects that are going to have scale and to give you some numbers uh, when we're talking about 500 megawatt to 1000 megawatt of offshore wind we're talking about at least 2 billion of investment right so if this becomes you know broken up in smaller projects of 100 200 megawatts there's not going to be interest from from international strategic investors that's so from our perspective kind of the the, the biggest hurdle and challenge uh, that needs to be overcome while developing this industry in Greece which I think is a, great, is a great opportunity for the country, right? We'll end up, uh, if all the interconnector projects to the north uh, happen, being able also to export uh, power to, uh, to Europe uh, under very favorable uh, conditions, wind speed and load factors, which are probably quite unique in, uh, in, 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 in southern Europe. And, and what, what are the biggest challenges you have faced so far in terms of renewable investments in Greece? I think the biggest is the grid, but that's not, uh, that's not specific for Greece. I think that applies to uh, probably every market. Investments into grid infrastructure is what really uh, is the biggest challenge the development of renewables faces and storage. Uh, so uh, I like that I heard today that uh, you know, the co-location of batteries to renewables projects, that's the way forward, uh, but there needs to be a massive investment uh, into, into grid infrastructure and to uh, interconnectors for all European countries, including Greece, to, uh, uh, to you know, move ahead with the energy transition. Uh, Alex, um, turning to you, I mean, we talked about the construction sector, uh, a little bit also on the renewable side, and then obviously the, the banking play. Um, as you go into 2024, what other opportunities do you see in the market to create value for the shareholders? As I told you, for us, 2024 is full of new projects because of the RRF. So therefore, we expect to participate in a significant number of projects in Greece, leading to an, uh, an additional backlog of 1 to 1.5 billion. But we also intend to increase our backlog in Romania. This is uh, target number one for us for 2024. Uh, hopefully double the backlog in Romania. It is. Uh, a jurisdiction that we intend to invest heavily, as I told you. Uh, and the third target for 24 is really to de develop uh, our renewable energy portfolio. This is for us important. We're talking with uh, uh, two strategic partners that we hope to line up 
either before the end of this year or the next. For us, it's very important because, as I said, it is the way forward for us to cover for the years when construction will not be as booming in Greece as it currently is. Uh, Dimitri made a comment earlier um, yeah, about the legal system in Greece, and I, I'd say, you know, kind of with some knowledge of mine, that it's not so much, I think, the, the law in of itself, but I think what most foreign investors that I speak to seem to want to avoid is the Greek judicial system, and everybody knows that it's a big focus for the current government. But, but keen for your thoughts, um, and, and um, um, I guess can start with you, uh, Nico, no offense in terms of the sequence. Uh, but, uh, you know, what, how have you approached the issue? Have you tried to contract out of the Greek courts? Um, what, what are your thoughts as you are uh, structuring an investment and, uh, and uh, looking at the judicial system? You're starting with the wrong guy. I've never had to deal with the Greek um, judicial system that much. Frankly, um, I, I keep hearing the issue about the Greek justice and how slow it is and, and everything else, which unfortunately I think it's true. If you have a problem, thankfully we haven't encountered that many problems. I think when it comes to structuring transactions, we haven't seen any issues with the, with the Greek uh, courts or anything else. To be honest, most all the deals that we do, because they have financing involved in a lot of cases from foreign banks, but even with the Greek banks that they have, they tend to be contracted under English law, which means that we don't, if things go wrongly, we don't have to go and, and uh, test our uh, muscles in the Greek courts, but we, we do it internationally. So frankly, I, I don't have much, much of experience, um, maybe right, thankfully so, with the Greek court uh, system. Um, so I'll pass it on to my fellow colleagues. Maybe we'll bear some more scars. I don't know. I mean, can you also more from the perspective if that comes into play into your analysis and into your investment committees and if it's expressed as a risk, as a concern, and, and, and how you approach it um, at the structuring level of, of an investment? Alex, maybe. Sure. And I think we had a similar journey. I think we, when we started investing in Greece, uh, we were working with, uh, with the legal teams out of London. Um, we were insisting on structuring our uh, share purchase agreements, uh, our financing agreements under UK law. Um, but then we were start, started to take the, the early steps. Uh, we we a, got to know the, the local legal teams um, and actually found that the quality of advice was really good. It's highly professional. Often lawyers who had studied abroad and were now practicing in, in, in Greece. Um, and also as we started to, um, to, to get educated around Greek law, we found that actually um, for, for our companies uh, working under, under Greek law, it's perfectly fine. And so as, um, as we started doing uh, the add-ons that I mentioned before, all of those, um, almost all of those uh, have been done under Greek law. And so far, so good. Um, we've avoided any, uh, any, any messy um, legal issues. But I think that, um, you know, if, if and when the situation arises, at least we, we have an informed you, we have the right teams, um, and hopefully we'll be able to deal with it um, almost, uh, as, almost in the same ways that we would be able to deal with it in, in the courts uh, of London or anywhere else across Europe. Panos, if I may add on this. Yeah. Uh, I think legal issues, at least on our end, has not been the agenda. Land issues, and maybe a couple of years ago, tax stability 
as being high on our agenda, right? And and far more scary for for uh, for an investor, independently if it's a PE, private equity, or strategic. I think the tax has been, you know, with the current government, there's a very the international investors feel that there is a stability in there, so this is not an issue. With land, which is uh, relevant at least for renewables or tourism, that is still an issue. Yeah, and I, or, I mean, it's the current focus to try and move past that, and, and it's, it's definitely helpful to see the, the, the positive changes in that, in that respect. Okay, as we close, I think a cocktail is on the way, but just one, one um, more question to, to um, you know, in, in, we spoke through the cycle and we went through from the looking at the distressed investors to a more mature environment. Still feels like we're, we're growing and there are some great opportunities. But Alex, maybe start with you. What, what are the changes that we would like to see to have a sustainable future where when we come here we talk a little bit more about um, not a momentum trade but a sustainable long-term trade? Well, Greece is on its way. I mean, it's important to have political stability for this, which Greece has successfully, at long last, I would say, secured. That's number two, it's important to have a government that's investors friendly, and, and I think there's no doubt that the current government welcomes investors and does everything there is to create a protective environment. There are elements in Greek economy that needs improvement, no doubt. It cannot happen one day. But uh, the more foreign investors are coming in Greece, the more the government will adjust itself to the new conditions. And I feel very optimistic that within the next three years, especially in view of the political environment, this government has an opportunity to change things completely and create an environment that is unprecedented for Greece. I think that we are in front of the best opportunity for Greek economy uh, the last 50 years because mainly of the political environment currently in Greece and the fact that we're happy enough to have a government that welcomes foreign investment, welcomes improvement and robust banking system, which in my opinion is again uh, not a given. It wasn't a given a few years ago and still not a given. So uh, the fifth uh, pillar is in my opinion again a breakthrough for the Greek economy if it succeeds. And generally, uh, the more I hear the Prime Minister or the Minister of Finance, Finance speaking, the more I understand that this government has a golden opportunity to create an investment-friendly relationship in Greece, uh, uh, arrangement in Greece to such an extent that maybe we're before a new era or the next three or four years. Dimitri, coming off your, your 17 years and I've spoken to numerous investors through cycles and, and ups and downs, closing remarks in terms of uh, the way forward. No, listen, I, I think the way forward is uh, what we're doing. Uh, it took a long time to get here. It was very painful. But I think the, the country and from what you know, Alex and Nico said, we have tremendously qualified uh, personnel and, and workforce. A lot of people now are uh, thinking to go back to Greece. We're recruiting people back to Greece from London and New York. And I think we have to be, you know, we're always critical about the country, but I think the country is definitely at an inflection point. 
if you think that uh, not that far away, uh, we had four banks that were effectively bankrupt. You know, the, there was no equity there. Now we have fully recapitalized bank willing to, to borrow, you know, to lend money, to expand credit, uh, to, to, you know, to make investments uh, go through. I don't think we ever had in the modern history of the country infrastructure funds or sovereign funds really looking at Greece as, a, as an investment destination, and now we have it. I think we have to just keep pushing and you know, speak less, work more, and uh, keep executing. And I think, as Nico and Alex said, the successful investments always bring more people. And the fact that there's an ecosystem, you know, markets work, there's always a new taker, right? So we came from almost being a non-investable country to now being an investable country with many different pockets. And uh, this is evident on the fact that, you know, we have lower cost of capital, we have private equity, we have sovereign, uh, we have strategics, and everybody plays its role. As far as um, the community is concerned, as we keep growing the markets, being, you know, reliable as professionals, irrespective if it's m &A advice, if it's legal advice, wherever it is, uh, to be at par with the rest of Europe, there is nothing to, to be afraid of at this stage. Last question for Alex. Uh, when will we hear a capital link for CVC investing in the Greek Super League like it has done abroad? <laughs> um, I think they're on strike at the moment, aren't they? Or, <laughs> Good luck. It would actually help if they were Diverted playing games. Nick. They they... to Nick, your partner. <laughs> <laughs> Not soon. Not yeah. soon. Okay. <laughs> Well, that's it from us. Thank you very much. Uh, cocktails on the way.